This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Giants and Cowboys tonight on Sunday Night Football. Jets and the Bills on Monday Night Football. Isn't it nice to sit back and not stress out about your team on a Sunday afternoon until tonight if you're a Giants fan or tomorrow night if you're a Jet fan? Nice to sit back and watch all the games or be in the car listening to what's going on. We'll keep you up to date on everything big that happens here. The Niners continue to just lay it on the Steelers. That's been the biggest surprise of the early slate so far. San Francisco 27-7 up on Pittsburgh. Krista McCaffrey just went nuts for a 75-yard touchdown. No surprise. He's a beast. Some of the other scores here. If you had the commies, Peter Rosenberg's commanders in your survivor pool, you're in some trouble. The Cardinals, who I thought and I still do think are going to be terrible, they're actually up 16-10 to late in the third quarter right now. So if the Cardinals win, I would say probably 50% of your survivor pool is knocked out. They're done. The knockout pool, half your pool is done. Now I have the Ravens in my pool, and the Ravens are up 15-6 to on the Houston Texans right now. C.J. Stroud making his debut. He's looked eh, as you would expect. Texans banged up offensive line-wise, not great weapons, really tough matchup. So a lot of people had the Ravens or they had the Commanders in the survivor pool. Looks like the Ravens are in a good spot here. Some of the other scores here, Tennessee's up 9-6 on New Orleans. The Bucks up 17-10 on the Vikings. That's a big surprise if that holds. Jacksonville only up 3, 17-14 on Indy. And the Browns, potential upset brewing here. Browns at home, who have played very well against the Bengals for whatever reason, up 10-3 on Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. So we'll keep you up to date as big things happen throughout the afternoon. We're taking you until 6 o'clock. But a lot to talk about here, obviously, with both New York teams. We did a lot of the Giants in the first hour. And Giants fans, call in. Give me your take on the season. We feeling good about tonight? 800-919-3776 is the number. 800 919 ESPN. You also could tweet me. I'm on Twitter at Jake Asman, A-S-M-A-N. That's right, Dave Rothenberg, only one S. Asman, A-S-M-A-N is where you can find me there. But I'll say this as I shift to the Jets for a moment. Tomorrow night for the Jets is one of the biggest games the Jets have had in their franchise's history. And I understand it's week one. Jake, you're nuts. There's still 16 more games to go after. But I really believe, given the magnitude of of what this game represents, you could argue tomorrow night's one of the biggest games in the history of the Jet franchise. And I already know how it's going to go. If the Jets win, the naysayers are going to say, regular season, Super Bowl, ha-ha, it's just week one, meaningless win. And then if the Jets lose, well, the season's over. I already know how it's going to go from people outside the Jet fan base. So prepare yourself, Jet fans, because that's coming. But this game tomorrow is massive. If they lose, is their season over? Of course not. But if the Jets are going to win the AFC East for the first time since Herm Edwards and Chad Pennington were in place with this franchise, you know what the Jets have to do tomorrow night? they got to win. All right? The Buffalo Bills, the last time we saw them, they were getting their doors blown up by the Cincinnati Bengals at home. The week prior to that, they nearly lost to a third-string quarterback named Skylar Thompson at home. The Jets last year beat Buffalo with Zach Wilson at quarterback. They held Josh Allen to statistically his two worst games of the year. The Bills did not score more than 20 points against the Jets last year. So I say this, why can't the Jets win tomorrow night? I think it's disrespectful that they're a 
division home underdog. This game should be a pick'em. Once again, the Jets beat Buffalo last year at MetLife. And tomorrow night, that crowd's going to be up for grabs. When Rodgers comes out of the tunnel, and I'm lucky enough to be at this game, that's going to be one of the more iconic New York sports moments that we've had in a long time. But now the Jets got to go out there and win. They're talking the big game, and some of that is overblown. DJ Reed didn't say they're going to be the 85 Bears. The media takes those comments, twists them, and there's no context applied to them. Everything the Jets have said publicly has been they got to prove it. But that never gets brought up, of course, because it doesn't fit the narrative. On Hard Knocks, Robert Sala was quoted as saying, all we proved last year is that we were a seven-win team with a mediocre offense and a good defense. So this idea that the Jets have been guaranteeing Super Bowls like Rex is still a coach. Remember Rex wrote Super, you know, Future Champs on the Monday Night Football bus in 2010? Those Jets teams were talking, and at least they backed it up for the most part, getting the back-to-back championship games. The Jets have not done that, but that's besides the point. But they've leaned into the expectations being high. They have followed their leader in Aaron Rodgers, who has said that he came to the Jets because he thinks he could win a championship here. You know, Aaron Rodgers said that Super Bowl three trophy is looking lonely. He's embracing the Super Bowl expectations, and that's what you want from your leader. I got no problem with that. But now the Jets got to go out there, and they got to prove us Jet fans who believe in this team right. No more excuses for Robert Sala. He's got his quarterback. The defense last year was number four despite having the second-worst average starting field position, the 29th-scoring offense. People could pretend, ah, it's just the Jets. They're not going to be any good. Ah, it's the same old Jets. Ah, it's cute. You guys have Aaron Rodgers. This is a damn good team, and they gotta, they, they got to prove it tomorrow night. Right? Don LaGreca of the Michael K. Show asked Aaron Rodgers when they first had Rodgers on the day he was introduced about coming to the Jets and winning here and slaying the Dragon like Mark Messier did with the Rangers back in 94. And Rodgers' answer to that question was, I don't know about slaying the Dragon. How about becoming the Dragon? And I had chills as a Jet fan when I heard that because that's what the season's about. If the Jets get the Aaron Rodgers of a couple years ago or close to it, how are they not one of the better teams in the AFC? With this defense? With Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in the backfield? With Garrett Wilson on the outside? Are you kidding me? The biggest question for the Jets is can the O-line hold up? Can Mekhi Becton and Dwayne Brown, let's say, play at least 14 or 15 games? And if they can't, can the depth the Jets have accumulated come in and, 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 and give them enough stability there to still function? I think the answer to that is yes. AVT is back. He could play tackle in a pinch. I feel really good about some of the depth signings like a Wes Schweitzer or drafting Joe Tipman. One of the smart things the Jets did this summer is have all their offensive linemen play multiple positions in case there's injuries and guys could kind of be plugged in, in wherever you need them. As a Jet fan, this is the best I have felt about the Jets since 2010. And tomorrow night, Jets will play in primetime on September 11th. And the last time that happened where they played in primetime on 9-11, they beat the Cowboys in 2011 on opening night. So if you're a Jet fan going to the game, you hope history repeats itself with the Jets finding a way to get this done. But the talk is now cheap. They got to go out there and they got to win football games. Do they have a target on their backs? I I guess they do. But you know what? They should embrace it because there's going to be a target on their back no matter what because even when they're bad, the media can't wait to laugh at the Jets. Ah, same old Jets. Ha, 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 ha. Brian Costello picking them to go 8-9. and nine. 
I mean, it, it, these people want to see the Jets fail. Other teams want to see the Jets fail. They want to make the jokes about Rodgers. Right, Sam Darnold saw a ghost. Rodgers is seeing UFOs. Ha, ha, ha. Jets are terrible. So all this is added motivation for the Jets. Everyone's saying, well, you know, they, they play in the AFC East and, you know, look at the quarterbacks and look at the conference they're in. Well, you know what? Those teams got to play the Jets, too. They got to play this defense. They got to play this quarterback who understands the history of this franchise, who understands what winning in New York would do for his legacy. The one thing I'm very confident in is that Aaron Rodgers is going to play really well. I'm not guaranteeing anything. And this idea that if the Jets don't win the Super Bowl, it's a failed year is total BS. But I think the goal for the Jets in the regular season is win the AFC East. Haven't done it in 20 years. Get yourself a home playoff game. Set yourself up and give yourself a chance to go on a run. You do that after not making the playoffs since 2010, how could any Jet fan complain? Especially when you know Aaron Rodgers has already said he's coming back next year and he did a great interview with Steve Serby in the post and he said he doesn't rule out playing till he's 45 like Brady did. I think Aaron Rodgers is here for multiple years. Do they have to win eventually during this stretch he's here? No question. No question they have to. But to say they got to win it all now, I'm not buying that. But it starts tomorrow night where they have an opportunity to set the tone. The same thing I talked about with the Giants and how they set the tone in week one with Brian Dable a year ago, going for two with Saquon, and how that helped carry the Giants to a playoff season. Jets tomorrow night have an opportunity to set the tone against a divisional opponent that everyone thinks is still the favorites in the division. Buffalo Bills do not have Von Miller. I don't know if NFL fans have paid attention, but Spencer Brown, the Bills' right tackle, he's a liability, all right? He's probably a bigger liability in pass coverage than Ryan Goslin was in Remember the Titans trying to play corner. Like, pass blocking coverage, Spencer Brown is not very good. And I need Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson. I need those guys to feast. Will McDonald. There is no excuse for the Jets to not win tomorrow night. That's how I look at it. You're at home. You got the crowd behind you. And please, for the love of God, Jet fans, if you're going to the game, be in your seats by 7.30. Time to make MetLife actually be a legitimate home field advantage for the Jets. Because now the Jets have, have done what they needed to do. Joe Douglas has built the team that is, on paper, one of the probably top ten rosters in the sport. And now it's on this quarterback. It's on this head coach, who rightfully so, we still don't know what Robert Sala is, to come together and it starts tomorrow night. Right? I, I, I Become the dragon, as Aaron Rodgers would say. That's what the Jets have to do tomorrow night. And if you're a Jet fan and you're not excited, how could you be a Jet fan? If you can't get excited now, when are you going to be excited? I said last hour, if the Giants can't beat the Cowboys tonight at home, when are they ever going to do it? Same thing should be said for the Jets. Go out there and get it done against the Bills team you beat last year. That does not have Von Miller. Jets are fully healthy. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, Dwayne Brown, Mekhi Becton. Get it done. Aaron Rodgers, 9-0. and since 2014 on Monday Night Football. Let's make it 10-0 tomorrow night, Jet fans. Jets or Giants fans, we'll take your calls now. 800-919-3776. espn is the number. It's the Jake Asman Show. We are with you till 6 o'clock. Lots still to do. Nick Faria, who covers the Jets for AM New York, he's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. But your call is coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
damn good. Keeping our eyes on the week one scoreboard. Once again, Cardinals still up 16-10 on the Commanders. That would be a huge upset for the Survivor Pool folks because it seems like everyone either had Washington or the Ravens. And, man, that would be big if the Cardinals, who I think will still end up being one of the worst teams in the NFL, actually win with Josh Dobbs starting for them at quarterback. Bucks up 17-10 on the Vikings. 9-9 score between the Titans and Saints. Browns still up 10-3 on the Bengals. Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense. Uh, you think they're a little rusty after Burrow was hurt and basically missed all of training camp? Three points against Cleveland so far late in the third quarter. Burrow only 9 of 22 with 58 yards passing. He's been terrible. I mean, no other way to say it. He's been brutal. Falcons up 17-10. Bijan Robinson has looked great for the Atlanta Falcons. He's many people's pick to win Rookie of the Year. Bijan has... 55 rushing yards, and then as a receiver, he's got another 10 yards. He's had a couple long runs. He's looked the part for the Atlanta Falcons in this one. And Bryce Young's first-ever NFL start. He's thrown one touchdown and two interceptions. So we'll keep you posted on everything going on with the Week 1 slate. you got the 4 o'clock games coming up. One of the best days of the year if you're a football fan. Eight early window games, five late window games. Giants tonight on Sunday night football. Jets tomorrow night on Monday night football. New York football, dare I say, back here in 2023. Let's get back to your call. Let's go to Ken in New Jersey. Ken, you're up next. You're on 98.7 ESPN with Jake Asman. What's going on, Ken? Algorithm super boost, Jake. It's finally nice to talk to you for the first time. I'm a huge fan of your YouTube channel. Uh, but I do want to say that I 100% agree with you. On the Jets night, we've got a really rough five to six first games, and coming out of the gate and beating Buffalo would be a phenomenal way to start the season. It would have all the Jets fans thinking Super Bowl aspirations. Um, and I will say, I just wanted to gauge your level of concern on Makai Becton because I know he left practice the other day. He was sick on Friday, and you know he's he's my he's the one guy I'm rooting for on this team to have a bounce back great season, which will lead into a nice contract for him, because he's worked really hard for it, and I'd love to see the best things for him. But I wanted to get your take on him as well as the offensive line uh, on a, as a whole. Ken, I appreciate the call and thanks for the kind words about the YouTube show. My concern with Makai, there's concern because he hasn't played in two years, but I really think he's in such a good headspace, right? I mean, think about the mental taxation on not playing football for two years. And he's talked about how he battled depression, and he mentioned how Aaron Rodgers has been super helpful for him. And the Jets themselves have been really impressed with the way Makai came into camp in shape, not just in shape, he came into camp in great shape. And, look, he really got an opportunity to win this right tackle job, and he dominated the opportunity with that job. The Jets didn't go into camp thinking he'd start for them. They were banking on either Max Mitchell or Billy Turner, and Makai basically forced his hand by playing as well as he did. Let's not forget, every Jet beat writer, Rich Semini, Brian Costello, Connor Hughes, they all wrote separate articles about how Makai was getting traded. You know, Semini's big prediction before training camp was Makai's going to get traded. So a, a lot of people who covered the Jets didn't think much of this guy. And it's been fascinating. It's been fun as a Jet fan to see Makai have the summer he's had. Now he's got to prove it. He's got to stay healthy. I'm confident that he's in a really good space to have a good year. And you heard Joe Douglas say something I thought was maybe flying under the radar the other day when he spoke to the press about a week ago. He said, Makai reminds me of how he was as a rookie. And for those who remember rookie Makai, he was awesome. And remember, Jeff fans, when the Jets traded up to take Elijah Vera Tucker, 
we thought, wow, the Jets had the left side of their offensive line solidified for a decade. Well, now it's the right side with Becton being the right tackle and AVT being the right guard. But let's not forget just how good those guys are. Talent-wise, you're talking about two of the more talented linemen in the league. I mean, AVT could be an all-pro. Becton's got Pro Bowl talent. You hope that he could stay healthy. Dwayne Brown, I'm not worried about him. I know he's old, but we watched Andrew Whitworth play into his 40s. You know, Dwayne Brown's been incredibly durable in his career. And even last year where he missed four games at the beginning, he came back and played through a separated shoulder until the Jets were eliminated, then they just shut him down. I actually think if you compare the Jets' O-line to the other O-lines in the AFC East, the Jets might actually have the best O-line. But the media doesn't want you to know that, Jet fans. Keep that in mind. It's doom and gloom for the Jets' O-line. Maybe the, maybe the O-line for the Jets were struggling because they play the Jets' defensive line in practice every day. Or maybe because AVT, Lakin Tomlinson, Vera Tucker, and Brown were all out of the lineup. Oh, you mean to tell me, Jake, that when four of your five starting offensive linemen aren't there and you face the Jets' defensive line and you have a new quarterback, new play caller, and new players, your O-line might not look great? I am, in fact, saying that, yes. So I'm not as down on the Jets' O-line as maybe some. I think if they're an average unit, you sign for that. They don't need to be the 0-9 Jets with the Brickashaw, Mangold, and Fanica to be really good. Or Brandon Moore and Damian Woody. But if the Jets can have an average O-line, which I think it might be better if healthy, but let's say average, with Rodgers at quarterback, the running game they have, they should be fine. And I don't remember anyone complaining about the Jets' offensive line a year ago when they were 5-2 and two before Brees Hall got hurt. You know, how was Brees Hall able to win Offensive Rookie of the Year if he stayed healthy and this line was so bad? So I don't subscribe to that theory. In fact, the Jets' O-line is better than the Bills' O-line. And the Jets, who held Buffalo to, to 20 points or less in both meetings last year, need to go out there as a defense and set the tone tomorrow night. Period. That's what the Jets have to do tomorrow night. Put pressure on Josh Allen. Force him into a turnover or two. Because here's my thought on the Bills. The Bills are front runners. Yeah, they look great when they're you know, running up the score on teams and they're blowing them out. Have you seen the Bills' record or specifically Josh Allen's record in close games? And I do think this game tomorrow night is going to be close. I'm picking the Jets to win. But I do think this is a close game tomorrow. But Josh Allen, I have some stats I dug out for this show today. Most turnovers in a one-score game over the past three years. You know who's number one in the NFL? Josh Allen with 36. Number two is Justin Herbert with 30. Derek Carr of the Saints with 29 is in third. Dak Prescott, number four, with 28. So think about that. Josh Allen, in one-score games over the last three years, has the most turnovers in the league. His record in those games is only 11-9. Meaning, the Bills could blow you out. Remember week one last year against the defending champion Rams? They put up like a 50-burger on them. It's a damn good team. They got a lot of talent. But the idea the Jets, who match up well with the Bills, can't win at home tomorrow. I don't want to hear it. Win this game. You can't have the hard knocks hype. You can't add Aaron Rodgers. You can't have this crowd, which is going to be unbelievable tomorrow night. And then you go out there and you lay an egg at home. That can't happen. The Jets want to be the dragon. It starts tomorrow night. Don't slay the dragon, be the dragon, as Aaron Rodgers told Don LaGreca on the Michael K. show back in April. They have the opportunity to do that. It starts tomorrow. Yes, the first six games, at least on paper, look very tough. But I caution all fans who look at the schedule and say, win, loss, win, win. Here's the thing. Last year, all I heard was how tough the Jets' schedule was to start the year. Oh, they got to play the AFC North. Well, you know what? The Jets were 2-2 two and two through the first four, then went on a winning streak. They were 6-3, and 7-4. 
And the games in the back half of the schedule, the Seahawks, the Jaguars, the Lions, those were supposed to be wins for the Jets. And they lost them all. So I hate playing the schedule game because you never know. What I do know is this. If Rodgers is Rodgers, and I think he's coming in and he's going to give you a tremendous season, Jet fans, this team's going to be very good because they just have the talent. Rex Ryan, who coached the 2010 Jets the last time they were thought to be anything as a football team, said this is the most talent the Jets have ever had. He might not be wrong if you truly look at the blue chip talent on this roster. So the excuses are done. Jets should lean into the hype and expectations. They are a good team. Now go prove it. You're going to have a target on your back no matter what, and they got to get it done tomorrow night. We'll talk more Jets in the next segment. Nick Faria, who covers the team for AMNY, is going to be joining us. We'll get back to the Giants as well. Giants fans, if you're headed to MetLife tonight for the game, if you're on your way to tailgate, give me a call. How are we feeling about the Giants' expectations and your thoughts on tonight's game? More on your calls coming up. But Nick Faria, who covers the New York Jets, is going to join us. You're listening to The Jake Asman Show right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's talk all things Jets and the Bills. And joining me here on 98.7 ESPN New York is someone that is brand new to the Jets beat. He's done an excellent job. He covers the team for AMNY. He is Nick Faria, and he joins us now. Nick, always appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, Jake. Happy holidays to you as always. That's right. So let me ask you this, Nick. You've been around the Jets this entire summer. You're watching them up close in training camp. When you look at this team, this roster, I heard Rex Ryan say earlier today he believes is the most talented team the Jets have ever had, which means something from him because he coached this team the last time they had a really good roster. Your thoughts on how the Jets' talent stacks up with some of the best teams in their own conference? I got I to gotta tell you, Jake, I think they are right up there with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think they're more talented than the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this is a team at every level of every offensive and defensive structure. They have all pro talent. We talk about Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, at running back, Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, excellent runners uh, between the tackles. Then, of course, on the offensive line side, Mekhi Becton is back at full strength. Wayne Brown is back at full strength. Elijah Vera Tucker. I'm naming three players that have. Uh-oh. You never like hearing that sound. Yeah, here's what I think happened there. And, you know, back in our studio, we have Julian and Chantel. He was being too positive about the Jets that the football gods stepped in and cut out his phone line. Because that's not allowed. You're not allowed to actually say too many nice things about the Jets because you just have to get back to, oh, it's same old Jets. That's what I think happened there. I could be wrong. Maybe his phone just didn't work. <laughs> but we'll try, and get, we'll try and get Nick back on the line. But it's an interesting conversation because you look at the Jets roster and you compare it to some of the other teams. Let's start with their own division. Do the Jets not have blue-chip players at seemingly every key position group? Right? You look at the offensive line. ABT is a blue-chip talent up front. Running back room. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 1,400 yards last year. Is he not still one of the better running backs in the league? You look at some of the other positions on this team. Brace Hall coming back. Garrett Wilson, he's elite. So the offense, you got some talent. Quarterback, I don't need to spend time talking about Aaron Rodgers. Defensively, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. Sauce is incredible. DJ Reed's a top 10 corner. Quinton Williams was on the first team all pro team. Jermaine Johnson could take a step. John Franklin Myers, Carl Lawson, Will McDonald. I could keep going. Point is, this is the most talented roster the Jets have had since Rex was the coach back in 2010. Now, guys, did you say in my ear we have Nick back with us? 
We do? Okay, so let's head back out to the hotline. Let's see if we can get a good phone line with Nick Faria from AM New York. Nick, do you hear me? Yes, I can. Do you hear me? Sorry we, about that, buddy. We got you, Nick. So let me ask you this, because you were talking about where the Jets stack up compared to the teams in the AFC. Compare them to the teams in the AFC East. How do the Jets match up with the Bills, who they'll see tomorrow night, and then the Dolphins and Patriots, of course, as well? I think they have a very fundamental strength that most of the division doesn't have. You look at their overall pass rush, um, there are nine, ten guys deep, uh, and that's something that the rest of the division, you know, the rest of the league does not have. Maybe, you know, a team like Philadelphia has that, that potential and, and that depth, but not along the Jets' defensive line. They're going to make life miserable for Josh Allen on Monday uh, because that offensive line, while improved, uh, it's certainly not up to par with some of those top groups uh, that can withstand wave after wave of pass rushers. The Jets have, have an unbelievable edge along the defensive line, and I think that could easily win them seven, eight games by themselves. Nick, looking at some of the key matchups tomorrow night, I look at the fact that Von Miller's not there for the Bills, which could be a huge loss for them. And from a Jets standpoint, how about the fact the Jets seemingly could get that pass rush home on Spencer Brown, who seems to be a liability for the Bills at right tackle? Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the key right there. We talk about Brown, um, but I also kind of want to turn it back to that offensive line, though, for the Jets because they're healthy uh, and at full strength. I know Dwayne Brown and Mackay Becton were limited in practice uh, throughout the week, but they should be fine and ready to go for Week One. But this Bills defensive line, even without Von Miller, is no joke. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Greg Rousseau, both guys uh, that can get after the quarterback increasingly, increasingly well. Uh, they're both developing into very good players. So if Mackay Becton and Dwayne Brown really stand up and, and play to the level that they are capable of, and that it won't only just protect Aaron Rodgers you know, for the long term, but they should be able to run the ball on this Bills defense uh, that was susceptible to the run last season. Nick Faria, Jets reporter for AM New York, joining us here on the Jake Asman Show. Nick, you know, one of the first things I noticed in your Jets coverage this summer is you were seemingly the only one on the Jets beat that didn't have an article about how the Jets are probably going to end up trading Mekhi Becton at some point this summer, which as a fan, to me that made no sense given his talent and the fact that last year they had so many injuries. Why not keep the guy? So I started reading your work, and then I realized you were the one covering the fact Mekhi looked really good when you watched him up close. So for the Jet fans concerned about Mekhi Becton, what did you see being at every training camp practice this summer from the big ticket number 77? I got to tell you, Jake, he is probably already back to 100% in the run game. Uh, this is a tackle uh, that was already coming into the NFL, was a top supreme run blocker, and he seems to be 100% back to those kind of exploits. You saw in a couple of preseason games, he wasn't just moving people. There were pancakes after pancakes after pancakes. He was serving breakfast out there every single game. <laughs> um, you, you look at it, 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 he's a phenomenal player against the run, and, and really where he struggled was against speed rushers. Uh, that was always something that he was susceptible at at Louisville, uh, but you're seeing the improvements, and you saw those improvements throughout training camp. Early on, he was getting beat quite frequently. Then he got better and better and better. I personally think he might be the most complete offensive lineman the Jets have on this roster, and that's saying a lot because Elijah Barrett Tucker is an excellent player. Nick Faria joining us here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Nick, how do you think the Jets will try and determine the running back usage tomorrow night? Do we see a lot of Dalvin Cook? Do we see more Cook than Brees Hall? Your thoughts on how the Jets are going to go about splitting the carries between their two-star backs? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Jake. And I think the Jets, they've been very coy about this throughout, you know, the last couple of weeks of how they're going to, to give snaps to Brees Hall coming off a torn ACL. If I were a betting man, I would bet Dalvin Cook to get more carries than Hall. I know Cook has the shoulder injury, um, but he's the kind of guy, look, he's on a one-year deal. Uh, you're paying a lot of money on that one-year deal, but a one-year deal nonetheless. Uh, you run him as much as you can early on. Bell Hall, when he is available, you don't want to, you know, throw him out there and, and get him 25 touches a game right off the bat. I don't think that's very smart, and I don't think the Jets are going to do that. So if I were a betting man, I would bet that Cook uh, is certainly going to have more carries. But then you have Michael Carter as well, who's a very good third down back, and I think he could uh, – I think people will be surprised how many touches he actually gets in week one. I think he'll get a, a solid workload as well. Tomorrow night, of course, Aaron Rodgers makes his huge Jets debut, and, and that's going to be one of the more iconic New York sports moments in recent memory when he gets introduced and comes out of the tunnel. You've been around them all summer. What has impressed you about Rodgers? What has stood out? What version of Aaron Rodgers do you think the Jets are getting at quarterback? Yeah, I think when you look at him specifically, you're looking at a player where if it's just one throw of practice, where you stop and look and you say, oh, my goodness, what an unbelievable ball he just threw. That's been the case throughout camp. And, you know, he's had his touches and goes. He struggled a little bit with accuracy. He struggled a little bit with arm strength. But that's because he's with the new team. He's working with guys he's never worked with before in his life. So that is to be expected. And I think if you look at expectations from Rodgers this season, I know a lot of people want him to be, you know, the four-time NFL MVP that he was in Green Bay. But I think that's unrealistic. I think, in reality, all the Jets need him to be is average, and they're probably going to win the division at 10 and 11 wins. Uh, if he's anything above average, they're going to win 12, 13 games because they are just so much more talented than all these other, other teams in the conference and in the division. Uh, the, the quarterback play changes things for New York, uh, and certainly just having Rodgers' leadership, uh, you are seeing a, a transformation of this organization from one that has the swagger but doesn't have the wins to a team that has both now. Nick, being around him, do you get a sense he truly has been rejuvenated by this opportunity? 18 years in one place in Green Bay, and he comes to New York, and you know I think everyone knows the story by now. He's been at the Tonys, Knicks and Rangers games. He's been really ingratiating himself to the city and this fan base. Your thoughts on that aspect? I mean, he's smiling everywhere he goes. It's hard to find a, a, find a clip of him not smiling. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's been phenomenal. Um, and I think the, the con misconception of him not being able to handle the New York media, uh, that was quelled right away. Uh, he's been very open with the press, uh, very open in terms of availability. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where the way it ended in Green Bay certainly wasn't good. Um, you know, not making the playoffs and back-to-back -back conference title games where they, they don't really do anything consistently offensively. Uh, but that really just shows that, you know, maybe it's time for a change. Uh, and you see quarterbacks, specifically quarterbacks, they get that change and they go to new heights. You know, Tom Brady being one of them, he goes to Tampa Bay, picks Tampa Bay, and essentially they win the Super Bowl the first year without any, you know, any major issues. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's a little too much to expect Rodgers to win the Super Bowl right away uh, like Brady did, but he's certainly going to have the Jets um, at a point where they have never been in the last decade. Nick Faria joining us here. All right, Nick, so you referenced the Jets going to a place they haven't been in a very long time. What is your season prediction for the Jets? Give us the record standing in the AFC East, and how far do you see this team going? I'll give you the full thing, Jake. So I have them going 12-5. and five. They're going to win the division. 
Uh, they're going to get to the AFC title game where I think they will lose to the Chiefs, unfortunately. Uh, but if you want some awards as well, I've got them again. 12-5, and five, I think Quinn Williams is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, that's a player that is a top-five defensive player in the NFL right now. Uh, this team is loaded with talent, and all they have to do is go out there. And like I said, if the quarterback plays like an average quarterback, uh, they're going to win a lot of games. And Rodgers is not an average quarterback, so you can expect a lot more than just 10 wins, in my opinion. I know the schedule is tough. I, you know, you get the defending champs on your schedule. The division is tough. You get the Eagles. Uh, all those teams are really difficult to play against, but they match up so well against everyone thanks to their defensive line, thanks to Rodgers. They're going to be a hard out in any particular game they play. Nick, always appreciate your time, man. Congrats on all your success. Looking forward to reading your work all season long, and enjoy the rest of your NFL Sunday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night, I'm sure. I appreciate it, Jake. We'll talk to you again. Nick Faria, new to the Jets beat, AM New York with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore Faria, 1720. Reason why I like Nick, he's, you know, a little bit different than some of the other guys on the Jets beat. It'll give you a little different perspective there. And he, he was the only one, I swear to you, Jet fans, that was not writing the article all summer of how Beckton's going to be traded. So I started reading his work, and I go, huh, this guy's pretty good. And now Nick does a really good job covering the team. I wanted to give him that exposure here on today's show. More of your calls coming up, 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN is the number to be a part of the show. Jet fans, confidence level entering tomorrow night. What gives you reason for optimism? What gives you reason to be negative? And, of course, Giants fans, if you're on your way to the game, how are we feeling about this Giants season? For me, if not now, then when for the Giants to take down the Dallas Cowboys, a team that they have lost out of their last 12 games 11 times to. It is time for the Giants to change that stat, flip that narrative, and beat them tonight at MetLife. More of your calls coming up. We'll keep you up to date on week one in the NFL. Witching hour. Fully underway. It's Jake Asman with you till 6 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN New York.